Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profitlessly. I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, D-Voice and soul of so-called fiction, broadcasting once again, deep behind enemy lines from an undisclosed location. And back with me, as usual, my better half, Justin, the hillbilly boy, Campbell. What's up, man? Speaking of hillbillies in your undisclosed location, I started, uh, I never watched season four of Ozark, so I started it back over, and I've been watching from season one going forward, and it it really made me think about you, you know, the whole whole cartel side of the story and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good show. I'm surprised you haven't uh, finished season four yet. It it came out at a funny time. It was uh, I think it I think it came out around the time that we were doing all of our moving stuff last year, and so it was. Uh, I just had so much other stuff going on. It's like, oh, season four. I need to watch that. And then, and then later, you know, like a month later, it's like, ah, I need to go back and watch Ozark season four. And then a month later, and and now here I am, like. Over a year later, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to start it at the beginning. I'm going to watch everything all the way through. I'm going to binge the whole fucking thing. So, um, so I'm, uh, whenever we get done with this, I'm going to go watch the uh, season three season finale again. And then I'll start on season four tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, I remember I watched that like as fast as I could because I wanted to cancel my fucking Netflix right after it, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. And uh, now, you know, I got turned on to this new site. I don't know if you, anybody's heard of this one. I guess I'll plug it on here for free because it's awesome. Moviesjoy.plus. It's like easily the best free streaming service I've seen. It works best like on your phone or your like or your tablet or whatever, but it does work on your TV as well. But they I mean, they have like everything on there. And it's just so fucking so you just type in the URL and then you fucking put in whatever you want to watch, do a search, and they always have it. Every single fucking like brand new movies are on there. Moviesjoy.plus. Pretty fucking great. So I've just been using that for everything now. The only downside to it is like if you're watching a series, you have to like select the next episode every time. Like that's the only fucking problem with it. It won't just like you know, just automatically keep playing episodes every like 10 seconds. Which one was it? One of the streaming services used to do that early on. It was, or in, uh, you had to select the next one every time. It was like, oh, this is so fucking annoying. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable how fucking lazy we've gotten. <laughs> or like whenever Netflix, <laughs> whenever Netflix plays like three episodes in a row and then it asks you if you're still watching it's like i'll tell you when i'm not watching keep going yeah, just let it fucking roll yeah i mean back in the day we used to have to like first of all we didn't have series <laughs> like 
uh, you had to wait a week for the episode to come out. And if you were like watching a movie or something, you had to go to the video store and hope that they had they had like two copies of everything. And then you had to rent it. <laughs> oh, my God. And even when Netflix first came out, remember they were sending it through the mail? Did you ever do that? It's yes, like I had you I had uh, so I had the like the streaming version of Netflix that you had to run through like a gaming console. So I had the I had the PlayStation 3 version of Netflix. They send you like a they send you like a disc and the selection was like super super slim. It was all a bunch of like really weird random shit or I mean you could watch through your computer too, but like if you were going to watch on your TV, you had to do it through uh through like a gaming console. So so they send you a disc and then the and then the disc runs Netflix and you can pull up like different different um uh, shows and stuff but like it was super super uh, that must have been that must have been the step in between where they would actually send you the physical dvds and well, when they, they had a they had a they had like the two different plans like you could get uh or i guess they ended up switching to the two different plans originally it was you had just this basic netflix plan where they'd send you the discs on on stuff and if you wanted to watch like on your computer you could watch two or they could send you like the the gaming console disc and then they switched to the, the two different plans where you could have only disc or you could have streaming only streaming and then they also had like a combo plan of discs and streaming uh, yeah it's uh it's been a wild ride there was something that i kind of liked about getting the next like you set up your queue you know like these are the 10 things that i want and like you come home and you get like a new disc and it was like kind of exciting yeah yeah <laughs> you, you set up a little queue, like <laughs> you'd watch you'd get the movie you'd get the next movie in you'd watch it you'd send it back and then as soon as it as soon as it got back they'd send you your next like just automatically send you your next one in the queue uh, yeah that was that was pretty cool i i did enjoy that anyway oh yeah we we're talking about those <laughs> we, we got off on that tangent yeah good show uh just done with the fucking netflix platform uh movies i'm done with i, I don't think i have any subscriptions anymore to that kind of stuff. I use like some other people's like everybody else, but uh moviesjoy.plus is going to be my go-to for just about anything now. And uh with that, I guess we could uh get things going here or, sh- or maybe we should segue into the next uh generation of watching things. Yeah, this was uh interesting to say the least. I uh hang on, let me get this video pulled up real quick. It's I don't know. It's super long. This doesn't seem like a very good introductory video for whatever it is, but uh, they have a they have an introduction here. Let's see. Yeah, it's way too long of a video, but yeah, let's go ahead and roll it. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. The era of spatial computing is here. Yeah, shit, we're losing. When you put on Apple Vision Pro. You see your world and everything in it. Your favorite apps live right in front of you, but now they're in your space. This is Vision OS, Apple's first ever spatial operating system. It's familiar yet groundbreaking. You navigate with your eyes. Simply tap to select, click to scroll, and use your voice to dictate. It's like magic. Apps have dimension, react to light, and cast shadows. 
even though these spatial experiences are inside Vision Pro, it looks, sounds, and feels like they are physically there. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. I, I mean, the technology looks kind of cool, like when when they're showing you what you see. But I, this headset thing is a little fucking ridiculous. I think it might be kind of cool to have on like a plane. If you're going for a long flight, maybe. But I I, I don't under like it, it just reminds me of the um that scene from Back to the Future Two where uh, Marty McFly's kid is wearing those goggles like at dinner and he gets like a phone call and he can do all this stuff and lower down some fruit. I, I, I don't know, man. It, they look kind of goofy and I, like selecting things with your eyes. I don't know how it's going to do, how it does that. I feel like this the first version is not going to work very well. The voice command thing isn't going to work out because anytime I've tried to use Siri or Alexa or any of those things, they they don't understand half of what I'm saying. They do not translate into uh, hillbilly. They don't very speak much. fucking hillbilly. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad. Or like the uh, like the translate stuff, like the uh, the talk to text. I'll say stuff, and then the things that it types out are not even remotely close to what I just said. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this. I'll just like I've just disabled all of that shit. Right, yeah, that's it's none not, of these not programmers have that that southern drawl programmed into the thing. <laughs> You need some fucking hill, like smart hillbilly to program it for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you you were saying that your kid thought it looked it looked ridiculous. Yeah, when I I showed Sean that video earlier, and uh, he walked in, he was like, "This looks stupid. Like, why would somebody put that thing on their head?" It's like, yeah, I don't know. How much did, did it say? How much it cost? Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't get that far into I it. I couldn't watch I nine minutes. I don't know what they're going to do for nine minutes. Like, that should have been like a, yeah, a, a one-minute video. I feel like I got the gist of it. I don't know what else they do for the next eight minutes. Um, Yeah, it looks pretty interesting. It projects. So you put this these goggles on your head, these gigantic goggles. Doesn't look very comfortable. And then it projects your phone screen out in front of you. And you can select apps with by looking at them. I guess if you look at a specific icon, it it somehow knows that's exactly the one you're looking at. And then you can yeah use hand gestures and stuff to scroll around. Um, I get I don't know, man. I mean, it does like if you're watching something on your phone, it is kind of a pain in the ass to have to hold it while you look at it, but. <laughs> Also wearing like fucking ski goggles. It's also not the most comfortable thing. Well, that's like it's got this big like padded band that goes around the back of your head, but like the size of the band indicates that this thing is fucking heavy. Like it's not it doesn't look like it's uh real lightweight. Um I mean just based on all the straps and everything, because uh the kids have an Oculus and it's not bad, but it's the straps on it are quite a bit thinner than than the straps on this thing. Like this thing is a monster. It's heavy duty looking. I I bet you that thing's fucking heavy. Yeah, and it's just again, there's also like there's still concern with all the radiation that these phones are giving off, and I don't know if I want whatever this fucking thing is strapped to my head um, for for long periods of time. Maybe if there's a 
if they can get the technology down to where it's just like you're wearing sunglasses or something, and then you don't have to worry about like glare from the sun, like messing up, like you can't see your screen because it's so bright out or something. But yeah, I don't know. Well, and, I mean, you're just you're just gonna end up with a whole like what a whole house full of everybody sitting around with these fucking goggles on and earbud and earbuds in and nobody talking to each other. Well, it said that like you can you can still see people when they're talking. There's a part of the video, uh, maybe if you go like a minute in or so, where it's like you can still talk to people. <laughs> it's like the girl's got the goggles on and there's somebody else on the couch and she's like, you can still see them and talk to them with these on. It's like, oh, that's a fun conversation to have. <laughs> It's uh, like, hey, I see, hey, I see you over there, but I'm not actually looking at you. I'm looking at my screen and and playing on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, Facebook has been having some pretty significant struggles since rolling out the Meta thing and all of the Oculus stuff, and like trying to really push people into the whole like living online all the time type of a thing. With with all of that, they've had multiple rounds of thousands upon thousands of people getting laid off they've seen their stock take a massive dip hey it doesn't seem people don't seem to be ready for this or on, on board with it 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 really feels poorly timed and kind of not a good business strategy for apple to be trying to roll out something like this especially after having watched facebook meta kind of fall all over itself and, and not be able to get off the ground uh, trying to do this sort of a thing. It, it does seem like it's the direction we're going with all this technology. But yeah, I, I, the first version of stuff is always just clunky and kind of embarrassing. <laughs> there was, I remember when I was a kid, it was a long time ago, uh, I forget which console came out with this. It was supposed to be like a virtual reality thing. And it was like, dude, it was so fucking bad. I think one of my friends had it like you'd put on this like headset or something and it was just everything was red. <laughs> like people were getting like dizzy and shit and like having fucking uh, like spells from like trying to play this, this little you look in this thing and it was just like this little tiny red screen and it was supposed to be some virtual reality. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever have you ever watched uh, speaking of TV shows earlier community? Not really. No, is that with Joe McHale? Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. they have a uh they have a virtual reality episode where they find or where they get a hold of like an old like nineties style VR machine like set up and it is everything that you're talking about, like the way that VR was yeah. it was, it was Nintendo virtual reality or something. <laughs> I might have to look it up now. Cutting edge technology and everything is just like virtual boy. Is it virtual boy? Might have been. Yeah, dude. I think it was called Nintendo Virtual Boy. That's what it was called. Yeah, dude. And like, it's this, it's basically like those goggles on a tripod and you sit in and you look at it like this and it was just so bad. I think that's what it was. Um, you would think in uh, yeah. over 20 years, I guess longer than that now, we're pushing pushing 30 years of working on this technology and hasn't really improved well, yeah well it looked a lot better than the nintendo like if if anybody wants like pull up a youtube video of nintendo virtual boy and you can see how far we've come in my lifetime this is a, a massive improvement i don't know it just this seems like it has like two good applications maybe one when you're on a plane or something and you can just kind of project 
your screen onto the seat in front of you without having to hold your phone up or like bring a fucking phone holder and uh, probably like some porn benefits, hands-free porn pornography. Hands-free <laughs> is the important part of that, I'm sure. <laughs> Obviously. But other than that, yeah, I don't know what else people would be using this for. Like, wow, uh, do you have to plug it in? It looked like it was plugged in at one point. I guess you could probably charge it. It's really a really a game changer for those POV videos. Yeah. Anyway, so we got that. Look forward to. I'm sure Apple's going to come out with like 35 different pieces that you need for it that are sold separately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a special. Got to have a special charger, special headset to be able to listen to stuff. That's uh, all kinds of. There will be all kinds of fun stuff. That goes. I, I can't stand Apple products. I, I've I've never been an Apple guy, and I I know I get I get made fun of for having these like Android phones, but like whatever, dude. I can't deal with it. I don't like using them, and then I just also don't like the fact that it's just such a fucking scam. <laughs> it's like so obviously a scam. They just keep changing where all the fucking ports are, and the and what fits into the ports every time. You got to get a different charger for it. I'm always several generations behind on uh, i i have an iphone and i prefer iphone but i'm always several generations behind i've got whatever the oldest model is that that is still available uh, when they discontinued when they discontinued the iphone 4 a couple of years ago i was really pissed off i had to swap from a 4 to an se and then they made me swap from the se to the 7 and now i've had to swap from the 7 to the 12 like they keep forcing me to aren't they on like keep, 15 or something what are they at 13 i don't know they keep discontinuing the phone that I like, and so and and I'm I'm hard on phones. So every time I break one, then I go in and they're like, "Oh, we don't carry that anymore. They stopped making that one. We can get you this new one, whatever it is." I'm like, "No, whatever's the oldest one that you have available. Like, I don't want the new thing. It's, it sucks." Yeah, well, I know a lot of people like just having all Apple products and the connectivity of it. I guess like all your devices are linked, and that makes it easier. Um, I have been in fucking application authenticating hell the last couple of days, just trying to fucking log into things, dude. I am so I have I am at my wits end with all this uh, dual verification shit. I, I I'm going I'm gonna go fucking crazy, and <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe Apple makes that kind of easier to log into everything. Um, but you know, every time I compare the phone that I I find a good fucking Android phone for like half the price of what an Apple phone costs, an iPhone, and the you know the the statistic you know the the specs of it are like just as good. I was just looking at this. My phone has uh, twelve gigabytes of RAM, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, the the front the cameras are better on Apple." I was like, "I don't know. I got my front camera has sixteen megapixels. My rear has." Three different cameras, I guess, 50, 8, and 2. 50 plus 8 plus 2. Uh, camera's pretty fucking good. I don't know if anybody's got... Look at. Tell me what you got on your phone right now. Do you even know how to look it up? How much RAM you got? Usually uh, people are like, oh, I have 4, I have 8. And I was like, oh, I got 12. And this phone costs like 700 bucks. I have absolutely no idea. I don't... Uh, every time, yeah, every time I compare the specs, I'm like, my specs are as good as you, you, whatever your phone is. And I didn't pay fucking 1500 bucks for it, but whatever. I don't know. I, I hate Apple products. <laughs> These phones, I, I, I wouldn't want to carry around a phone that costs like two grand. Well, imagine how much this headset is going to cost. Like when, when the new iPhone costs $1,400, this headset is going to be like five grand easily. Yeah, who's, and I'm, who's paying that 
for for that. Well, there they, is nothing that I can do on that that I can't either do sitting right here at this computer or on my phone or on my PlayStation 5, none of which cost anywhere close to what this thing is going to cost. Like, probably all of these combined cost less than what this Apple Vision thing is going to cost. Yeah, well, what they do is they let you they let you pay it off in monthly installments. So, like, hey, for twelve ninety nine a month for the next nine years, <laughs> you can you can have this uh, this headset. Yeah, people go for it. I don't know. We'll see. I, it would be interesting to. I'd like to try it out. Just I'm I'm curious as to what it's like. But there, yeah, there's just no chance in hell I would ever fucking buy one of those things. What else we got in the stack today? You want to talk about the uh, journalistic integrity in Ukraine or the uh, the dam that that blew up under questionable <laughs> circumstances? Uh, let's let's start with the dam, and then in passing we can mention the fact that um, the New York Times doesn't seem to have a problem with Nazis anymore. <laughs> I mean, did they ever really? Only the fake kind of Nazis that they have we have running around the U.S. The phantom Nazis. Yeah, this big dam uh, somewhere in Ukraine, Russian-occupied region of uh, Kherson. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Was suddenly bombed. And of course, the Ukrainians and the uh, U.S. intelligence agencies are blaming this on the Russians. The Russians are blaming it on the Ukrainians. It's like, here we, it's the, the Nord Stream pipeline all over again. Which side are you are you believing this time around? The problem, the problem that I have here is that it has been verifiably proven that the U.S. media, the U.S. military, and the Ukrainian government have been lying repeatedly throughout this whole thing. Not only that, but when you see like the the stories about. Russian or uh, Ukrainian oligarchs and stuff like that, uh, people with like very close ties to the Ukrainian government buying fucking ski resorts and all kinds of other stuff after they've been receiving $40 billion in aid and all of this other stuff. You see all of the, the stuff about um, weapons that have been sent to Ukraine from the U.S., then turning up in Syrian and Libyan black markets and being sold like that, like all, all of this stuff compiling, it just, it makes it hard to, I don't trust Russia for shit on anything. Like I'm, it's state run propagandist type of media, no different than China or here even. But when you, you've seen the track record that the U S and NATO and Ukraine have over the last year with all of this stuff, and the things that have been verified that they have just flat out lied about, uh, it's it's hard to trust anything that they say, especially especially with something like this. Like you know, there were there was uh, remember the the pictures and stuff where it showed like the bombed out streets, and you have all of these like cars and stuff that have been blown up, but not a single window is broken on any building. It's like ah, that seems weird. Or then you've got the video of like they're they're walking through and videoing like all of these you know bodies that are in body bags and then as they're still walking through videoing it to show how like this terrible massacre a couple of the guys start getting up like 
like they don't realize that they're not done videoing yet and they start to get up or start to like sit up and ask questions it's like uh there were there were other there were other scenes that have been shown that were really reminiscent of like the the New York subway shooter where you've got all of these dead bodies but there's no blood like it's just so weird like it, yeah. it makes it hard to believe anything that comes from from either side really but uh, you know especially Especially if it's if Ukraine is saying that somebody else did it, it's like, yeah, that's probably a lot. Right. And I guess you always have to ask yourself who benefits, right? Qui bono, qui bono, whatever. So apparently, allegedly, the Ukrainians had just tried to launch this major offensive in Russia, and Russia just completely fucking quashed it, right? That's the that's the news coming from the Russian defense ministry or whatever. They're saying the Ukrainians tried to launch this major offensive and we fucking annihilated them. And if if you if that's true and on the heels of that, you have this uh, this dam being blown up. And then you and then if you keep reading that they had this plan in place, sort of like a, a last resort plan last year, the Ukrainians had this plan to blow this dam. You kind of you kind of wonder. It's like oh, Zelensky just got his ass kicked. He wants more fucking money and intervention from the West, and so he's going to fucking blow this dam and then come hat in hand back to the U.S. Oh, we need more support. Maybe you should nuke him, <laughs> like shit like that. Uh, it, it seems that's more likely to be the game plan here than the Russians blowing this dam. I don't understand why the Russians would blow it. Other than it's just like a, an obnoxious thing to have happen. I mean, they they have to they have to start evacuating people. All this water is flooding in. Well, like here in this part of the of the article that we've got pulled up, partial destruction of the Kakova Dam on early Tuesday morning saw Kiev and Moscow exchanging accusations about who's to blame. But a report from the Washington Post in late December extends credence to the Kremlin's version of the events. Titled Inside the Ukrainian Counteroffensive that Shocked Putin and Reshaped the War, its journalist quoted former commander of November's Kershaw Counteroffensive, Major General Andrei Kolkachuk, who shockingly admitted to planning this war crime. Kolkachuk considered flooding the river. The Ukrainians, he said, even conducted a test strike with uh, HIMARS launcher on one of the floodgates at the Novakakova Dam, making three holes in the metal to see if the deeper's water could be raised enough to stymie Russian crossings, but not flood nearby villages. The test was a success, Kolkachuk said, but a step, but the step remained a last resort. He held off. Yeah, and if you Stymied. scroll down, they actually show some video footage. Like there, there's video footage. This is allegedly from last year of the test that they did. There's just a big explosion that happens in a few seconds. I watched it. I don't know if this is from last year or or what, but. <laughs> There, there's also links in this article to the other two or so instances where there was references uh, to the Ukrainians having this plan in place sort of as, as a last resort to blow this dam. So, again, it like we've talked about this before, like before we started rolling that like I, I'm sort of on the I'm perfectly happy to just take the opposite of what U.S. intelligence agencies are saying. <laughs> And I feel pretty comfortable that that is fucking truth more often than not. And it just it to me, it makes more sense that this is the Ukrainians doing this. I, I don't know. Maybe they actually they blew too much of it. <laughs> I don't know because it looked like there was a lot of water flooding in. Maybe they didn't mean to actually cause that much damage. 
it, it certainly seems to benefit the Ukrainians more than the Russians. I, I don't know what the maybe somebody else can educate me on this, what the benefits of the Russians blowing this dam would be because they were already controlling right. this territory, right? Right, because it's a it's a it's an area that they already control. Like the flooding only the flooding would only go to hurt their ability to move in the region. So what like what would be their what would be their uh gain from doing something like this? Like that that that's that's shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, and it's <laughs> they're just they're getting really bad at this propaganda game. It it seems like they're getting worse and worse. I think we are sort of uniquely immune to this sort of propaganda and these stories just always kind of stick out as bullshit. But man, even to just like regular normie people, a lot of these things just aren't passing the smell test. The the Nord Stream pipeline was just like was so obvious. And then, of course, yeah, like a month after it happened, all the reports came out confirming that it was it was the exact opposite of what the U.S. intelligence agencies were claiming. And I expect this to be a very similar situation. Of course, after it'll be after the Republicans um, earmark another couple fucking 50, 60 billion for Ukraine or whatever. Kevin McCarthy and the, the House or the con- congressional Republicans got their got their big deal for, you know, raising the debt ceiling. And then uh, absolutely nothing was accomplished by that. They they made sure that they secured the ability to continue to fund all of their wars overseas, specifically in Ukraine, and nothing, no no other concessions were made. Like, fuck those bastards. Yeah, it was just an absolute fucking disgrace. And we we went over it. If you haven't already listened to the the Friday live show from last week, go ahead and and, and listen to that. But it, it was absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that they they even start these negotiations where they take everything off the table, anything of consequence is off the table. It's like, oh, we can't touch defense spending. We can't touch Medicare or Medicaid or Social Security. It's like, all right, well, that's that's like 90% of the fucking problem there. If we cut everything else, it wouldn't make a difference. If any of these politicians who were actually in charge had like even the tiniest of balls, as soon as they say, okay, this is off the table, say, fuck you, then I'm out. We'll just grind this fucking thing to a halt. I'm if because the things that get taken off the table are the things that need the most attention. Right. Like, so They're the only problems. The, <laughs> right. These these are the problems. So if that's off the table, fuck you. I'm out. Call me when you're ready to put that back on the table. Because until that's on the fucking chopping block, there is no negotiation. Yeah, there's no well, there's no point. Like if you if we got rid of all the other government spending except for the military and the entitlement programs, uh, the big ones, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, if you take all that off the table and then we cut 100% of everything else the government is spending, we're still fucking completely bankrupt and hitting the debt ceiling and running trillion dollar deficits. The rest of the government spending is like a drop in a bucket compared to those three fucking programs. Yeah, I don't believe this for a fucking second that uh, that the Russians did this. We'll see. And then, yeah, the, the the other funny thing that came out with the with the Ukraine thing was the New York Times has finally run an article acknowledging the fact that um, these are a bunch of fucking Nazis in Ukraine fighting on the front lines of this war, and they completely downplay the significance of it. 
the headline, I don't think we can, it's behind a paywall. So as I tried to read the New York Times article, but the headline, if you can you scroll back up real quick, Nazi symbols on Ukraine's front lines highlight a thorny issue of history. <laughs> so now not, oh yeah, you're, you, you pay for it, right? You got that New York Times subscription? Oh, um, damn it. No, it, uh, it so, yeah. expired. I forgot. I didn't so, renew it. Uh, apparently, just Nazis are just a thorny issue these days. They're not like the, you know, literally Hitler's ruining the world, everything white supremacy to be afraid of. Just a little thorny historical thing. No big deal. Uh, but yeah, they have the. So I think in the article, they talk about how um, journalists and, and people like they're trying to get them to cover up the Nazi symbols on their helmets and stuff for photographs and they're editing them out and things like that. It's very revealing, but yeah, we stand with Ukraine. Let's stand. It's it's interesting because, you know, it is June. It is pride month. Stand with Ukraine. You know, what's illegal in Ukraine. What's that? Gay marriage. (laughs) I, I mean, that's, and how many, yeah, I wonder how many people flying the U- Ukraine flags are also right next to it flying the um, the rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> the whole trans pride, like that that big impressive flag that they that they always run with. Yeah, it would be very interesting to, uh, like, again, I think, you know, there's there's always that thing with, like, all these like socialists and communists like, all right, well go, you know, go fucking live in, in Cuba or fucking Venezuela. Go, just go over there and see how you like it. You're kind of tempted to just do that with these people too. The, the pride month, the trans activists and all these people who are simultaneously uh, showing unwavering support for Ukraine. Eh, maybe you should go, go see how life over in Ukraine is for you. See how it works out for you. Because I, I, I think, yeah, you'd probably be encountering a lot worse than um, whatever that chick's name is, Ellen Page or something. Your or dead, guy's, that's that's guy's called name. Dead. Johnny. That's called dead naming. That's it. It it now goes by Elliot Page. Um, Elliot Page. Sorry. Yes. Clearly a man, Elliot Page. <laughs> yes, very much. <laughs> Who very um, had a very a very uh, scary completely believable encounter when he was attacked outside a Los Angeles hotel by a crazed transphobic guy who said, I'm going to fucking gay bash you. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) who fucking talks like that? Nobody, literally nobody. Uh, I'm going to gay bash you. This is fucking MAGA country. Right. This this reeks of juicy Smollett 2.0. Like, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Actor Elliot Page has shared he was verbally attacked and threatened by a crazed transphobic man who shouted that he was the reason I need a gun in Los Angeles last year. Another thing that definitely didn't happen. Nobody looked. Nobody looked at fucking Elliot Page and thought, "Oh my God, I need a gun." Dude, these people are so goddamn delusional. And I'm not just talking about the the trans stuff. I mean, just like the 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 world that they live in, this cartoonish world where people just go around threatening to gay bash them. <laughs> so did the six pack like come with the tit removal? 
because the six pack really doesn't match any of the like the arms and the legs are like little super twiggly things. But Dude, you have his six pack is bigger than his pecs. Right, like this something. And it's very oddly shaped, and it's like too high up. Yeah, whatever the ab workout that he's on. Yeah, sign me up for that. Because Photoshop. Yeah, you might want to work in some push-ups or something. Because I don't think your abs should protrude farther than your pectorals. This is is, the furthest horse gets. I don't know why he didn't just fucking kick the shit out of this transphobic guy. What's he so afraid of? He's got abs of steel. There's no difference between a man and a woman physically. So if some guy is talking shit to you, if you're a real man, you go kick his ass. You don't. And he he admitted that he didn't have a gun or wait. Right. Or or what am I miss? Am I miss who? The the transphobic, the transphobic guy was the one that said that. Uh, Elliot Page made him think he or made him think he needs a gun. Yeah, because he wanted to shoot Elliot Page, right? Right. So that's an admission that he's not armed, or at least not with a right. firearm. And you've got abs so of steel. Yeah. So g- kick his ass. Gay gay bash him right. That that would be the actual gay bashing. <laughs> so is so how does this work exactly? Because I thought. I thought Ellen Page was straight, and then Ellen Page was gay, and now Ellen Page is Elliot Page. So is is Elliot Page a straight man, or I, I what I, what's I'm really confused, dude. I I'm the last person you should be asking about this. I, I have no idea. All I know is that this story sounds like complete bullshit. It's as unbelievable. It's not as unbelievable. Jussie Smollett was more ridiculous. So there is a chance that there's like a fucking crazy guy running, like a fucking crazy homeless guy drugged out running around L.A. Um, threatening to fucking beat up people. Gay bash people. Yeah, the gay bash thing. That's just like that's the cartoonish world that they live in. They think people would say that. Just like Jesse Smollett thought that we, there's people running around Chicago saying that this is MAGA country <laughs> and tying a noose around his neck. I mean, this is the odds of this being true are slightly better than Jesse Smollett, but not much better. <laughs> well, did you see this other part in the article where uh, where Elliot Page, who came out as gay in February of 2014, claims an unnamed A-list actor told him he was going to fuck you to make you realize you aren't gay at a birthday party in Los Angeles shortly after coming out. This is when when he was still Elliot Page, or Ellen Page and, and actually had nice tits. Yeah, so. I did I did read that part. Again, yeah. I mean, maybe there's like some really fucking drunk celebrity, A-list celebrity. I mean, these celebrities are pretty fucking weird. So did he look like a, a prepubescent boy? Like... Because uh, <laughs> then I believe that. it. <laughs> Purposely did not name the accused highest profile celebrity, but said they would hear about this and know it's him. Yeah, uh, why wouldn't like, you name names? Name names. Right. Like, do that. Name names. Be like the the trans LGBT activists have not had any problem with naming names and going after people and getting them canceled and all this. So, like, if you if you know who it was and they know that it's them. Just yeah. say 
And especially this day and age, what would you be afraid of? It's not like you'd be on the the receiving end of a lot of like hate thrown your way or something. You'd have 98% of the fucking country, all the media, all of the rest of Hollywood, all the fucking like everybody would be on your side. What would you be afraid of? Yeah, this one just, A-list actor whose whose career would be ruined, who would be fucking completely, you know, blacklisted in Hollywood. Right, because you're you're going to come out on the winning end of that. Like there's no reason to to protect this person unless it's just complete horseshit. Yeah. And you're seeking attention. So anyway, I guess we'll we'll wait for some other evidence to come out to back up this this story and the story of the dam being uh blown up by the by uh, the russians yeah something that didn't come directly from military intelligence all right we got a little bit of time left right maybe 10 minutes or so yeah we, uh you want to talk about the uh cutting office space article ah yes yeah yeah pull it up so um there, there's one other oh you got it that yeah the one right next to it, the park hotels as well this sort of ties into this this is a sort of a theme that we've been tracking on this podcast since the the lockdowns, I guess, maybe even before the lockdowns, we were kind of uh, very bearish on commercial real estate. But this has been a a pretty devastating development for big cities. Is is you know it's sort of a combination of the the lockdown effect where a lot of people are still working from home. A lot of businesses have sort of realized they don't need all this office space. And then you compound that with these um, shithole cities, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, New York, where, you know, homelessness is like just running amok. There's people shitting outside your building in San Francisco and doing drugs and uh, homeless, uh, you know, cities popping up these tent cities popping up that nobody wants to be in these areas it's getting more dangerous to commute to work i can attest to that personally on the trains in chicago we've seen that you know we had the story out of new york uh like i don't know a couple of weeks ago it was in a month ago maybe now uh just crazy people on that they're pushing people onto the fucking platform they're assaulting people there's a big problem with uh empty office space in these big cities, and it's costing these cities a fucking fortune. A few weeks ago, Goldman revealed the most accurate reading of the current commercial real estate market, pointing to a 25% plunge in office property values. Uh, adding more to this nightmare nightmarish outlook is a new Knight Frank poll. I don't know what that is. Showing that major corporations expect to reduce global office space footprints over the next several years. A Bloomberg poll uh, said the poll of 350 real estate leaders and international firms. Okay, so I guess that's what Knight Frank is. Found half of the largest companies with total workforces over 50,000 employees are expected to cut their office space footprints by 10 to 20% in the next three years. This is the, the commercial real estate is going to get fucking crushed. Uh, in the next uh, couple of years, I mean, it's already down kind of big, but yeah, this is sort of like the 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 next biggest shoe to drop here. Yeah, if you can pull up the video for this, you can see some of the, the charts that they're they're pulling up here. But the the outlook's not looking good, and I don't see a reason for it to to change course. Can you pull up the the Parks Hotel? This is sort of yeah, the Parks Hotel uh, industry. This is uh, this is in San Francisco. 
the so not only are some of these these big companies you know like walmart and um walgreens and things pulling out of these big cities because of all the crime and theft and everything but now the hotels are are, are leaving too and they're going to have these big vacant buildings uh parks hotels makes the difficult quote unquote decision to stop paying san francisco uh collateralized more uh mortgage-backed securities loan citing concerns over street conditions so this is um a $725 million loan that's scheduled to mature in November of 2023. It's secured by two hotels in San Francisco. And they they basically want to get these hotels out of their portfolio because they're hemorrhaging fucking red ink. Sorry, there was there was another story of, of San Francisco where the mayor was trying to reverse course on the whole defund police thing. I'm not sure if we talked about that on one of the the last episodes where we went to and we might not have gotten to it but if you recall there was a big push to defund the police in san francisco and crime uh, predictably ran amok and now they're facing the repercussions the obvious repercussions of that nobody wants to live in these places nobody wants to operate businesses in these places and all of these real estate yeah, San Francisco mayor makes a U-turn to fund the police after company exodus pressures the city's finances. So you you have this like confluence of fucking things of every retarded leftist policy. It's like a perfect storm. We we shut down businesses, we increased crime, and uh, we increased homelessness. Now nobody wants to be there. And they're losing money. And so all of the everybody with fucking money that can get out of these shithole cities is leaving the businesses, the rich people that are paying all the taxes. And now they're left with no tax base, nobody filling these empty office buildings and hotels and things like that. And just commercial real estate. I remember when uh, a couple of years ago when Cuomo was like begging people to come back to New York. He was like, please come back. Please stop leaving. Like we need you. We we're sorry. And then uh California like implemented some sort of a some sort of like an exit tax or something. Like if you leave, It was like a retroactive thing where it's like if you if you leave you uh, uh for the next 10 years you still have to pay taxes here or some shit like that. Yeah, it's crazy. And all these cities do, all of especially these fucking politicians, all they do is demonize all of these businesses, they're not paying their fair share. We need that. You know, they got to do this. They got to do that. And they they don't have to do that. They can pick up and leave. And when they do, it, it becomes this, um, it has this spiral effect because they lose more and more tax base. So they have to increase taxes on whoever the people, like whoever was just one bracket below the billionaires then it's the millionaires and then the millionaires leave and you have an even bigger gap in the in the tax revenue. And so you have to increase taxes on on lower class people. And it just sort of feeds on itself. And everybody who's anybody leaves these places because the writing's on the wall. Yeah, you're left with a bunch of fucking deadbeats, drug addicts, homeless people and uh, no no tax base, no revenue, no no businesses coming in. Yeah, it's a wonderful plan. I I can't believe uh, it didn't work out, especially for San Francisco. It's not like it takes a whole lot of research to look at every other place on like the planet that implements similar types of stuff. And then you see that all the people who actually have money leave and then you're left with nothing. And then the whole thing devolves into complete catastrophe. 
mean, it's, it's like, like oh, we're going to decriminalize. Yeah, let's decriminalize theft of under a thousand dollars. Like you can steal up to nine hundred dollars, no problem. No, oh, okay. What's going to be the result of that? Oh, people are just going to be start stealing from these stores. There was a, I think it was a Walmart or something in Chicago where they just basically everything's locked up now and you go to a kiosk and you have to order from the kiosk and then somebody will bring you the item. I think that's in Chicago and I'm I'm pretty sure it was a Walmart, but like, that's where they've had to go with this. Now, if you want to do business there, it's like, you can't go in, like you can't just have free roam, uh, free range of the store to go peruse the aisles and stuff. You get to order it from a kiosk and somebody will bring you the items. Because everything has to be locked up because crime is out of control. All right. Yeah. Very predictable outcome to these retarded policies. The other the other thing that I think is kind of concerning is once so they've, you know, they've really pumped up these these real estate value uh, values of these properties. I have a feeling that what's going to happen is after, you know, San Francisco collapses and Chicago collapses and all these other cities, the the real estate market just completely implodes. You're going to see a a major push back to some sort of uh, civilized approach of being tough on crime. And we're going to rebuild these cities and get back to, you know, sort of back to basics and make it a a place where people actually want to live again. But once... Once the uh, the value of these things tank, you're going to see probably huge corporate like BlackRock and all these other co- like buy up more, even more of the commercial real estate than they already own for pennies on the dollar. You know, all these fucking billionaires, uh, Warren Buffett, they can buy a bunch of fucking property, uh, commercial real estate in San Francisco or something like that and just sit on it, you know, get it for pennies on the dollar when nobody wants it, sit on it, start, you know, maybe donating to political campaigns that are going to clean up the city and bring back the property values. And then, or maybe the government will just buy it up for pennies on the dollar and start using it as like housing programs or something. But I I feel like BlackRock is going to benefit from this somehow. The whole thing is really cyclical. Like you, you always see this in these like big cities, New York and stuff like that, especially uh, where they, they have like periods of, a whole lot of crime, everything's really bad, and then you get somebody that's really pro police that gets elected, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna clean up the streets." And you know, the broke you had the New York had the, like the broken windows initiative or whatever back in the '90s or early 2000s, and like stuff yeah. like that. We're gonna clean stuff up. We're gonna get rid of this criminal element. We're gonna we're gonna like ramp up the police, and then you get back to a point of it's the it's that meme that you know good times create. Weak men, weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. Strong men create good times. And like you, you're running that same cycle in these cities, just on a, on a much closer loop. Because like, I think we've seen it happen in New York at least twice in our lifetimes, if not three times. Like they, yeah, they tighten up on crime. They tighten up. They and you know give the police more authority. They they're gonna clean up every the streets and everything. Things get good. And then they go back to like loosening it up and being really progressive and fucking stupid. And then things start to get out of hand. And then they go back into, all right, time to be aggressive police force again. Like it's, it's just a constant, like they yeah. never fucking learn. Yeah. There, there, there's just enough time for people with short memories to forget how bad things were or like everybody in New York, I'm sure is pining for Giuliani again, you know, this fucking stop and frisk and all that other shit, which, 
you know, stop and frisk is a little ridiculous, but there there is something to be said for prosecuting small crimes harshly to prevent them from getting out of control. And, you know, you give people an inch, they take a mile. That That's criminal nature 101. You know, they're going to fucking if you're not going to fucking prosecute nine hundred dollars worth of theft they're not only are they going to take nine hundred dollars, they're going to keep pushing the limit. It's like the Singapore thing. Like, do I think that drug dealers should be executed, like publicly executed like they do in Singapore? No. Has it been really effective in quelling any other level of like malicious crime in in, in any way, shape, form or fashion? Yes. Would yeah. I rather live in a society that didn't I didn't have to worry about any like crazy bullshit because everybody knew if I go do this, there's a good chance they're going to like literally cane me to death in public. Yeah. You yeah. probably only have to do it once until people get the message. <laughs> right? Like if there's you one see sacrificial get, lamb. If you see that one guy get drug out in the street and beat to death with cane poles because he's been selling drugs. You're probably looking at that and think, holy fuck, maybe I shouldn't be selling drugs. <laughs> well, there's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to these big cities. They, they've done this experiment and it's I mean, it hasn't taken very long for it for it to bear fruit. <laughs> you know? Like three years, they're going to blame it. You know, they blame it on the lockdowns or whatever. But again, a very very liberally uh, a very liberal policy i mean i know trump was in office when all these lockdowns were enacted but it was the progressives that really fucking pushed them they and, can't blame it on the lockdowns but new york city la san francisco like they were going in this direction for a couple years before the lockdown started like that just accelerated the the uh collapse yeah all right well there was one more story in here that I had about reparations and math classes. <laughs> Should we go over that real quick? You got time for that? I don't know. Can we go over that one real quick? Mm. I'll pull it up. You decide. I, I don't, I mean, we, I know we've talked about reparations a lot on here. I just thought this was kind of a funny take on it. They want to, um, the, the 1619 project has proposed some curriculum to combine math classes and reparations history. So the idea is that students are going to apply math skills and research into the historical wealth gap in the U.S. and analysis of different reparations models as sort of an investigation as to whether or not uh, reparations should be paid and how much should be paid. This is what they're going to use their math skills for. Um, These inner city kids, uh, school kids can't even fucking read. They definitely can't do math, and they're yeah. definitely not going to be able to do some sort of reparation math. I mean, as a country, aren't we like in the lower twenty five percent of countries as far as like uh, math yeah. ratings go? Like, well, maybe there is some brilliance behind this because you got to get the students interested in the topics, and so if they think there's a big payday coming from it, maybe they will learn how to do math and come up with some some figure on this as to what we owe them for them not being enslaved and us not being the slave owners. I'd love to see the math on that. You know, there's some other math that I would like to throw into the equation as long as, uh, you know, if they're going to get their reparations. Dude, dude, can you do a quick Google search for me on this? What What's the, um, the total cost of crime in the U.S.? Just out of curiosity. Is there a ballpark figure for that? 
let's see. Total cost of crime in the United States. Uh, according to various sources, the total cost of crime in the United States is estimated to range from $690 billion to $3.41 trillion annually. Violent crime accounts <laughs> for as much as $2.2 trillion, accounting for about 85% of the total cost of crime. Okay. So, and and what's what's the number on the the percentage of people uh, committing half of the violent crimes? Uh, you know, thirteen percent of the population commits fifty two percent of the violent crimes. So. Okay. So uh, whatever whatever fa- like I want reparations for the for the crime. Then how about that? Should I throw that number in there too? So whatever they come up with, we'll subtract three trillion from it annually. Three trillion annually. That seems like a crazy amount of money. We'll take the low end of the estimate annually for my entire lifetime. If they've been responsible for half of half of that number for the last uh, 40 years, I think they're going to end up owing me money. Let's see. Six hundred and ninety billion divided by two times 40. That's uh, only thirteen point eight trillion dollars. Is that all? Okay. no, wait, I think I might be leaving out some zeros. I don't know. What goes after trillion? <laughs> a gazillion. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, that, it's that. It's 13.8 followed by 11 zeros, whatever that number is. I, I don't I don't. Even I mean, do we know, get reparations? We got to put, you know, we got to uh, house and feed all these fucking criminals with my tax dollars. Where's my reparations for that? And that I, I'm actually uh, a, a, a victim of it. They're not victims of slavery. Right. <laughs> Most of them aren't even descendants of slaves. Or And uh, what percentage of the U.S. population was slave owners? It was like 3% or something. 5% of people had slaves. Uh, let's see. That would, uh, that would actually come out. So if we broke it down per person, that would be each, each individual black person would owe uh 321 trillion to pay off that uh that's just the that's just the violent crime debt for our lifetimes not not going back all the way to the uh the end of slavery 321 bit trillion that can't be right that seems like too much hang on let me look at my numbers again i I'm, there's too many zeros on the fucking screen yeah suffice it to say it would be a lot <laughs> Whole fucking lot, yeah. Uh, three, sorry, three hundred twenty-one billion, not okay. trillion. Yeah. So, uh, that's, okay. That's yeah. a lot of money. Well, and, and remember, it's uh, <laughs> it's not just the the violent uh, the the people that committed these crimes that have to pay me uh, have to pay us reparations. It's all the people of the exact same skin color because we're not we're not charging the 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 people that are directly responsible for what happened. These these um these bad acts against humanity. It's anybody who has the exact same skin color of those people has to pay. So all the black people, I think your math might have been just based on the, the, the people committing the crimes would have to pay reparations for what they did. No, no, it's, it's every, every black person would have to pay. So maybe it'd be a little less than that 300 billion per, per person. But yeah, whatever it is, uh, you, you, they would still owe a lot of money. Should we just call it even? Yeah, let's, let's call, call it even. even and move on. How about that? Oh, well, you were asking, like, yes, there was a, a very low percentage of the population was actually slave owners. Um, Maryland was one of the largest slave states 
in the country, but it was a union state. So when the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect, none of the slaves in Maryland actually got freed. It was that exclusively applied to southern states. Uh, and it, like his, there are a lot of historical records that some of the largest and most brutal slave owners in history were actually black people. Like they were, it was black dudes that worked on the farm. The the like their owner died and their dying wish was they granted them their freedom and gave them like a plot of land and as soon as they got free they went and started buying up slaves and beating the fuck out of them and making them work that land like that i, I mean it um do you remember she was on an interview it was the one of the one of the co-founders of black lives matter was on a an interview and they told her that they actually traced her lineage back and they discovered that her uh, like great 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 grandfather or something was actually a slave owner, and she was like, "No, that's not right." And they're like, "We've literally got like sh- like showing her like we've literally got the evidence. Like this is your family history. This is your like this is your great 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 grandfather. He was yeah. a huge slave owner." And she just like got pissed and stormed off. Like wouldn't <laughs> accept that that was. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the idea of of paying of us having to pay reparations for something that we didn't do is is absolutely ridiculous. And we've gone over this a million times. Like, who would get the reparations and how much it would be? But if they're gonna come up with some ridiculous number, then I want reparations for all the fucking crime, and the cost of all this crime that I've been having to foot with my fucking tax dollars, that has been violently expropriated for me over the last uh, twenty years or so. I can come up with retarded numbers too. <laughs> Very easy for me. Hey, there are all kinds of ways to uh, to cook the books and and make things work in our favor. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll get out of here on that. We're gonna do we're gonna do a happy hour this Thursday, seven thirty Central Time Thursday evening. I'll send out a reminder early Thursday. I know people have been having trouble kind of remembering that we've switched it to Thursdays now. We'll be live again on Friday at our usual time. And that that's all I got. Oh, I'll put something out for the Substack this week again as well. So stay tuned for that. You got anything? I I have absolutely nothing planned. June is uh kids get out of school and things get crazy. Uh June is always a tough month for me. Last last year I just took the whole month of June off and I'm I've I've half assed considered that uh considered doing that again. But July is actually probably going to be even more crazy. So if I do take a month off this summer, it'll probably be July. So uh, no, as of right now, I don't have any plans. I've got a, I've got the fourth and final installation of the Manly Man series that I've been doing that is going to be dropping at some point, but I don't know when that's going to be yet. Uh, still trying to work out all the details on scheduling with everybody who's going to be involved in that. So yeah, and we're gonna have to figure out our our schedule over the next uh, month or so. June twenty to July twenty is gonna be interesting because I think I'm gonna be like eight hours ahead, or something. I don't even know what time. What's the time difference between here and like Italy? Yeah, I don't know either. I won't know until I get there. <laughs> Am I gonna be on the same day? I think it's like about eight hours or something. But yeah, we'll have to figure that out. I'm gonna pre-record some things. As I mentioned, I'm gonna be talking to uh, Mikkel Thorpe again. I think for the, I don't know if it's for the expat money show or if it's for a different podcast of his, but I'll, I'll be on that. I'll pre-record that. I have another interview to drop. So we'll, we'll keep putting out content, but it's going to be an interesting, an interesting time. So stay tuned for all of that. Hopefully I'll see you guys Thursday and then again on Friday. 
And if you do all that for us, we will be back with brand new content for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.